Anime is for children and perverts. I know you like your little Chinese girl cartoons. And don't get me wrong. We have all appreciated some big anime titties from time to time. <laughs> but it's time to move on. I have something better for you. Getting a job. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 Growl. Growl. 48 minutes of dog barking. 48 minutes of dog barking. Yeah. What's okay. going on, mega fucker? <laughs> What's going on? I'm drinking again. Oh man. I'm, I'm angry. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta get the can crack, otherwise it's not official. Yeah. Can check, Brian. What are you drinking on? Four hands, no bake. Ah. That's the uh, oatmeal and vanilla. It's a brown ale, yeah. And the brown is the brown ale. <laughs> it is very brown. It's is very nice. It kind of reminds me of uh, Breckenridge's like vanilla porter a little bit. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. Which I think is probably like the best vanilla porter if you're going to grab one. Breckenridge makes a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's up there with Deschutes. Deschutes makes this mm-hmm. great one, this uh, Mirror Pond. Really, that's a stout though. It's not. A... Yeah, but like brown ales kind of get. There obviously there's a difference between a brown ale and a porter and a stout, mm-hmm. but you can get some very similar profiles another good profile uh, locally here is civil life that american brown is it's a classic boy i would choke out a homeless man <laughs> on a subway <laughs> for one of those Ooh. oh wait wait yeah. did that happen let me uh <laughs> wait did that is that a thing yeah apparently. wait did the guy did the guy do it uh not get arrested yeah apparently wow huh? yeah. Hmm. damn that's weird did he get his brown ale <laughs> <laughs> Uh, probably at the uh, the precinct. Yeah, he probably got it. At the, it God, well, I think someone's comment was he's not a cop, but you know he's former military, and that's pretty much the same anyway, according to America. So. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it's always interesting how many former military actually fucking hate cops. <laughs> yeah, you'd be you'd be really like guys, surprised. Guys yeah. Like, did their time on the fucking boat or uh, or whatever deployment. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, you know, like. I had to do real shit. Like, you just bully people <laughs> around. Like, I had to do the real fucking arm of imperialism. <laughs> right. You just play at it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I don't know. It's like the weather's nice. Yeah. And it's not just some fake bull- this fake friend bullshit we've had where it'll be like <laughs> 79 or 85 degrees for like a day or two, and then it's back to like a high of 32. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks like this is going to stick around for at least a week. I can hope so. It's going to yeah. be fucking nice. I yeah. appreciate I appreciate uh the low to mid 80s yeah i'll take it uh it's not bad it's shorts weather which is i don't know i'm a i got like a weird midsection like lengthwise so like jeans feel really constricting oh so uh which is why i've gotten into the the athleisure stuff see i'm the opposite way i'm i got more legs than i do torso so i got like jeans is just like eh, it's comfortable i I wear i love shorts it's kind of it's kind of what I miss about my last job was I could just wear shorts every day and no one had anything to say because it's like, yeah, it's 100 degrees out. There's no air conditioning. It's not that I don't like shorts. It's just that... You just, you just, uh, you're just not legged up like me. 
Well, I mean, I mean, I you know, I rode you got, my you got, I, I rode mean, my like, bike. I mean, I had some. I, I got, uh, yeah, you know, man, you got damn. Yeah, you got some uh, some calves going though. Uh, for for those playing along at home, I did roll up my pants to show them my God, calves. God, it looked like, there, it looked like yeah. a fucking giant chickpea behind your knee. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is that is my kneecap. It's uh, no, no, it's been the some... thing behind your calf. Oh yeah, it's like a... yeah, it's it's weirdly beefy. I don't know. God, what, what did you? I'm flexing those, though, so that's are those it. implants. No, sadly, did you get what uh, fucking Stephen Crowder got? <laughs> Oh wow! Oh man, may I never be in the same boat as that guy? Jesus yeah, it seems Christ! Seems like a bad scene. My wife left me, changed my mind. You know, like, <laughs> my wife left me, changed my mind. God. I'm now looking at my leg, going, "Oh, is there something wrong there?" Well, it's just like the thing is, like, like my calf. Yeah, you know, kind of slowly. There's a bit of a slope. A slope. Yeah. Slope. Yeah. Yours, like, you got like a really skinny <laughs> shaft, and it just. And then, like right, right to like before you get to the behind the kneecap, it's just like it's just like a fucking grapefruit <laughs> of just taunt hard muscle. Now, now I'm gonna because I'm watching House again, so yeah. now I'm gonna start thinking like, okay, what kind of cancer do I have now? God, is it lupus? <laughs> it's never lupus except for that one episode where I was. Speaking of uh, the finer things in life, Brian, uh, have you ever have you ever gone to the opera? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Webster Groves has. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, Wester Groves University uh, actually has a nice uh, opera program in the early summer. I've been to a okay. few. So, uh, w- did you did you expect me to be like, no? What I like to do is uh, <laughs> uh, throw a raccoon in a kiddie pool and watch it get out. I was fifty fifty. I wasn't sure what the answer was going to be, but uh, this is a is a segue into, of course, our first story of the week. Uh, the L.A. Times reporting. The Los Angeles Philharmonic did a concert earlier last week. They're reporting hearing a woman letting out, quote, a loud, a full-body orgasm during Tchaikovsky's Fifth Symphony. <laughs> this, in the in Los Angeles Times, I mean, somebody went out and actually did some, some shoe leather reporting on it, uh, a lady by the name of Christy Karras. A participant in the event is quoted as, I saw the girl after it happened, and I assumed that she had an orgasm because she was breathing heavily, and her partner was smiling and looking at her like in an effort not to shame her. It was quite beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> multiple people this again la times multiple people who attended reported hearing a woman moaning one attendee composer and music producer marcus Faines, described the sounds as that of having yeah some uh, full body orgasm the times has since confirmed that the orchestra kept performing and that there were no further interruptions now it gets weirder because apparently there it's a debate as to what actually happened one attendee who was seated in the row behind the person who made the noise said it appeared as if the woman was waking up from a sleep attack when she made the sound. This is a thing that sometimes happens with narcoleptics. They'll sure. fall asleep and then wake up in a panic and make a noise. And so like, some of them are saying, oh, no, she was coming at the orchestra. And some are like, no, she just fell asleep and then panicked when she woke up. I've heard the sound, and I'm sure you yeah. have too. Um, um, yeah. No, she was nutting. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, yeah, there's no question in my mind. That I mean, was... I could, I see the argument for like the narcoleptic, the surprise reawakening. Like, I, I don't think I, <laughs> to a point. <laughs> yeah, but no, that woman was uh, flicking her bean. Mm-hmm. Well, the implication there is that someone was flicking it for her, and that was or the... she could have had like one of those little uh, things you put on your nethers and. Maybe the boyfriend oh, had the remote. Uh, the remote. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he was sitting there just pressing that button going. <laughs> yeah, no, this is way more fun than that time I went to the uh, farmer's market. 
I got my butt plug in at the farmer's market. Yeah, so <laughs> mystery abounds, but uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll hear from the L.A. Times at some point. Whether yeah. They have a, a definitive answer or not, but uh, was it coming? Was it narcolepsy? What do you think? Why not both? Yeah. Give us a call, 314-246-9766, if you have opinions on that. Here's another fun one, courtesy of the Daily Beast. Locals baffled as 500-plus pounds of cooked pasta found in the woods. <laughs> Residents in a New Jersey town are looking for answers after a huge amount of cooked pasta was found dumped by a woodland stream. Veterans Park in Old Bridge, New Jersey, estimating that there must have been 500 pounds worth of food at the dump site. <laughs> the former city council candidate who described the oddity as mission impossible Ooh. said the town's public works department cleaned up the mess after she posted her images online. Parks department got in there cleaned it all up so if you're looking for free pasta in new jersey it's no longer there that's kind of that's weird god the smell must have been weird <laughs> yeah because that can't have been fresh like she's it's not like she walked up and touched it and it was hot or something right Somebody i mean just... it was cooked but who knows who knows how long it was sitting there <laughs> because the picture she posted it looks kind of brown and unless it was wheat pasta that ain't that ain't fresh uh, it's just weird stuff going on the other weird thing, of course, our good friends over at Pornhub. Pornhub has officially blocked all IP addresses registered to the state of Utah. That is in response to a new law restricting porn access in Utah. If you go to Pornhub and you're on an IP that is in Utah, you get a video message. Hi, I'm Sherita Bell. As you may know, your elected officials have required us to verify your age before granting you access to our website. The people at Pornhub are saying, uh, well, your state blocked us, so we're blocking you. It does not give you instructions. Wow, is that tit for tat? Hey! <laughs> oh. I would imagine so, yes. <laughs> but there's similar language happening in a lot of different bills. There's one in Louisiana, I think, and there's a yeah. couple of other places where they're just like, you got to prove your age to go on and see any pornos. Uh, uh that nightmare thing of like having to register your name with the government and be like, yes, writing out an affidavit that like, yes, I am going to visit porno on this day and this day. Like, on this day, I'm going to jack off with the right hand. <laughs> this day, I'm going to jack off with the left. You are free to watch my webcam if you have any questions about my, my jack off style. Yeah, it's just very odd. The Apparently, the group behind Pornhub, it's MindGeek, so they own... Let's see, Brazzers, YouPorn, PornMD, ModelHub, Nokatu, Men.com, Mofos, My Dirty Hobby, and several others, all of those sites in Utah are blocked. So huh. uh, if you're living in the state of Utah, it's time to hit up the old red tube, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> or or if, you really want to be, if you really want to go into the lowest depths, <laughs> like 8Tube or X-Hamster. Or Motherless or Spank oh, Bang. Yeah. I thought Motherless is that site that people all know about, but try to agree that it doesn't exist. Like, no one ever wants to mention they know what Motherless <laughs> is. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, I feel I feel, like, really dirty that... Like we the both recognize, yeah, the, yeah. Well, it's it's like knowing what e fucked is, I guess, in a way. Like, yeah, I don't know. E fucked is like feels a little more old school, and it's definitely way more funny. Motherless feels like a violation of privacy. There is like that, just yeah. from front to back. Like it feels as 
No, sir. I know I know nothing about anything. I, yeah, uh, what's this? Huh? Allegedly, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm too busy uh, jerking off to analog pornography. <laughs> See? You know what? Lyle is right. When when the power goes out, who holds all the cards? That's right. The the man with the, the spank mags. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, Jeffrey Ross did a, a stand-up bit, and, and I haven't seen him do stand-up in decades, but the one I do remember is... is uh, Barely legal? That should be barely weekly. How long does it take, guys? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite movies last year was uh, Dune Part 1. Well, it was uh, two years ago. Was it two years ago? It was oh, 2021, God. late 2021. It sure was. Okay, well, one of my favorite movies that I saw last year was sure. Dune Part 1. Uh, Dune Part 2 has just been officially announced. So that's really good. But the funniest part is, in a Games Radar interview with Dennis Devineux, He's asked the question, who did you contact first to tell them the good news about part two like of the cast? And his answer is, well, definitely it was Timothy. I spent a year with Timothy where he was saying to me, can I get a little bit of the Moabdeeb here? I said, no, Timothy, you're not Moabdeeb yet. I spent a year saying to him, relax, man, it's for part two. So I just wrote him a text saying, Moabdeeb time. <laughs> <laughs> That that actually <laughs> fucking rules. Yeah. Like, imagine you get a text from anyone saying Wadib time. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. So I have a, something tells me like that's going to be, that's on the horizon is like, that's going to be a meme. And we're going to start hearing about Wadib time again. Uh, I'm the mob deep bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, we're, it's going to be remixed for sure. Yeah. Uh, they're they're going to hear a lot about mob deep time. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed Dune. Oh yeah. It was a good yeah, one. Dune, Dune 2 will probably be good. Here's hoping. Well, I guess it's time for Crypto Scam of the Week, sure Brian. Fuck knows. You're listening to 48 Minutes of Dogs Barking, the podcast. And now it's time for the Crypto Scam of the Week. Well, I, think I, know what you're, I, I, I kind of felt like I knew what you were going to talk about before we I sat down today. Because it's like the only thing that isn't like the standard like FTX trying to do this. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, FTX trying to claw back billions from Genesis, yeah. not Genesis, Voyager and... Well, I mean, I could have gone into, you know, Nate Chastain of OpenSea or any of that stuff. But, yeah. like, this one is the funniest one to me because I got caught up in this particular hype as well. I'm talking about Wall Street bets. Now, yeah. a, a quick primer for those of you who may not have been really paying that close of attention. Wall Street bets was a thing on Reddit where people were trying to do these, like, insane buys and, like, make crazy money. Meme stock. Oh, yeah, it's where we got the the GameStop, and AMC, and Bed Bath Beyond, mm -hmm. AMC, Nokia, yeah, a couple of those ones. So that was a whole thing, and people who you know got bought stocks and held on to them, diamond hands. A lot of those things wound up transferring over to the crypto space as well. Mm -hmm. So it seemed natural that someone would come up with a Wall Street bets crypto token, right? So. And to be fair, this isn't the first one. No. This is the first one that actually kind of ran. Mm -hmm. Most of the Wall Street bet stuff I've ever seen has been like on Binance Smart Chain. Right. And does like one pump and it's it's done and that pump can take as long as a day or it might be an hour. Mm -hmm. So this was interesting because it took what, two days? Yeah. White paper says it's the fairest launch meme coin you'll find with no team allocation and no pre-sale. Bullshit. Just a free airdrop and coins for the community. 10% is reserved as a treasury token launched on the 1st and May 3rd. Token lost 90% of its value. As one of the token creators dumped 
trading them for 334 ETH, which at the time was 635,000 US dollars. Yes, I believe it was one individual that had 5% of supply mm-hmm. and either didn't realize that he could dump his holdings without tanking the price mm-hmm. or didn't care. Love to love to see fucking degenerates <laughs> fucking dumping on each other. It's so that admin's excuse, by the way, was that another creator, WSB mod, was secretly draining the token by creating huge airdrops and then claiming them for himself. Of course, WSB mod says the other guy uh, was a thief and threatened to involve the police and the FBI. Yes, FBI, come arrest this guy. He is stealing my made-up bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> So Zach XPT, of course, the master sleuth behind a lot of these investigations, was on the case. Apparently, there is a multi-sig wallet that's out there. They're trying mm-hmm. to get the the funds returned, but so far, not so great. And if you look at this graph that that Zach XPT that posted, hurts. it's just up and then straight down. And yeah, it was two days. It was May the second to May the fourth. Just nothing. Jesus. That is a sad-looking chart. It really is. And that's on the 15, it looks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, on the hourly, I bet that just looks fucking miserable. Yeah. Zach XBT posting on Twitter. Another day, another meme coin rug, this time involving ZJZ.eth from WSB coin official, who suddenly dumped a large portion of the WSB team supply, again, for 334 ETH. In November 22, he messaged me, I guess we should have been greedy, amoral bastards instead. <laughs> well, it looks like he uh, took his own advice. Why would you message Zach XBT and then go and do the thing? <laughs> do a rug pull? Like, you realize you just literally handed this guy, uh, you know, uh, proof, right. yeah, right in your oh, Jesus. Some people, man, they just don't—they'll never learn. And this can't be the first time that this has happened to this guy. Because this feels like, you know, Zach XBT being who he is and being well-known. Yeah. I'm sure he's in contact with a lot of people who are like, haha, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking yeah, up with the money. Actually, yeah, there's been a few times <laughs> where, like, uh, people he's written about, same thing with CoffeeZilla, have, like, antagonized or been, you know, aggressive towards him. And mm-hmm. he's just, just like, uh, you sure you want to do that, Chief? Right. And all of this because, again, it all started with, you know this this what they're the the plan in Wall Street bets was that they were gonna pump up the price of GameStop and then force these venture capital or whatever firms into a short squeeze, which was gonna net them X amount of money and also hurt the big guys. You know, which I did think happened at least one to or a two. degree, not nearly to the point yeah. that Wall Street bets wanted, but yeah, I mean there were a couple of times where it definitely. It hit him at a certain point, and, and there was a bit of contention, too, because, like, Robinhood being a more of a, a retail trading platform where you can also buy crypto, they stopped allowing you to buy GameStop at a certain yeah. point. Same thing with Doge, because mm-hmm. after Wall Street Bets and Doge ran, and then that kind of, as far as how I look at things, kind of really started... A lot of the run-ups we saw with beam coins like Doge and SHIB and uh, a couple others in 2021. And so the fact that someone who may have gotten burned by the GameStop fever in Wall Street Bets is going to then buy into the meme coin thing is like, have you learned nothing? 
Yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> I learned my lesson, I only lost like 30 bucks. <laughs> it's just, it, it's so baffling to me. Like, I get it. I understand what's happening is that it's the classic American huckster thing of the allure of the quick buck. Everybody wants to make the quick buck. That's why we got Bernie Madoff. That's why we got Pure Ponzi's in, in general. And that's why we got loans and all that stuff. Anytime there's like, oh, you can make X amount of money, you know, Forex stuff when people get fleeced on Forex or, or whatever it is. It's just like, oh, it's the allure of the easy money. And it is never fucking true. Like, at least for people in... Yeah. Yeah, not everyone is going to be that person that spent $700 on SHIB and turned it into $3 million. Or more recently, there is a meme coin, which is Pepe, (laughs) uh, which is, I think, almost at a $1 billion valuation. And it's a two-week-old coin. And when I first thought people tweeting about it i think market cap was like under 50 mil mm. and i was like looking at it, like that looks pumped i like looked at the chart like that looks like that's about the crater and then it continued to keep you know fucking wow. going but there was you know everyone's the, the mythology around that coin is that there's someone that spent 200 bucks near launch <laughs> and mm. now have two million dollars worth of fucking pepe coin yeah but they can't sell it right i don't know what the liquidity <laughs> is on on that token because i haven't studied it but yeah. it's probably not great it's probably it's just it's just money on a ledger you don't actually have that money that's right well the, i mean like you can sell it for ethereum and then put that on coinbase or binance or whatever and transfer that to your account but i guess yeah but i mean the whole issue is that there was a guy i think he goes by joe grower or something on on the socials and in the in crypto space mm-hmm. who did a similar thing with a, a meme coin t- called Tuska, T-S-U-K-A. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he's like the number one holder. And like at one point had like 1.5 or $1.7 million worth of this token. But the problem is liquidity was only, I don't know, 300K or something. Right. So like he couldn't ever sell a meaningful amount. Yeah, there's just no nothing. You can't do anything with it. Yeah. He could theoretically sell for that 300K mm-hmm. and kill the token. I mean, you got to think about like the other people there and do you really want to be that asshole? Right. And most, yeah. most people that find themselves in that position, like this Joe Grower guy, like don't really want to be. <laughs> like it doesn't like, that doesn't I, seem like a good thing to do. Like I can't blame him on that one. That, that seems like it's like, because you know the scene and you know that like, if you do this, you're going to leave X amount of people bag holding. Yeah. You're going to fuck over a bunch of strangers and cause a bunch of suffering or you can just like kind of swallow your pride and sell down your greed and just be like, well, you know, I guess if I need 10 grand, I can pull 10 grand out. But it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you have this, but you can't do anything with it. Yeah. With I guess that's a lot of crypto stuff, but in particular, like the smaller coins. Like, okay, now what is really the question you should be asking. Now what? Market cap and liquidity are kind of two different things. Very, so, very different. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's tokens out there that have the difference between market cap and liquidity is actually really fair and healthy. Mm-hmm. That also means bigger buys have lesser changes on the price. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, that's like the whole fucking shitcoin casino thing is someone starting, you know, they, they put one BNB is starting liquidity and then after a couple buys they burn the liquidity mm. so then it becomes a real fucking casino and you know and you try to fucking two or three x before the person that 
was in before you decides to fucking uh, stomp you all. It's a it's a fucking wild thing to watch happen. <laughs> yeah, like I said, that that graph we just looked at, I'm like, Jesus fuck, all the way up and then all the way down. Like there's yeah. there's it's the arch. And it had like you no... know it had like a nice little retrace, and it's usually that retrace is when it goes to fucking zero. But it ran, it ran for another all time high, mm-hmm. and then did a retrace and kind of looked like it was about to go again, and yep, done. Yeah. <sighs> I hate to see people getting fleeced, but I also uh, the Schadenfreude. The Schadenfreude is real, yeah. It's it, it's it's delicious, but yeah, it comes with a it comes with a real human cost. So I, yeah. I, I definitely it's a conflicting feeling. In another life, that could have been me. You know, I could have just lost everything on on oh, shithead yeah. coin or whatever it is. It just uh... stuck stepsister, which was which was one. <laughs> there was S-S-S that. S-S-S yeah. Step- God uh, and Lana Rhodes, her uh, yeah. her stepsister coin. It was a different one. I think we covered the Lana Rhodes one. I think so too. Yeah. Well, Brian, today's main topic is something that very few people actually uh, really remember anymore, and I, I like those. I like the ones where I can kind of remind people of uh, the the internet of your the days gone by, as it were. Uh, this was a gaming website. Wow, when those still existed, they when, weren't owned by. You know, fucking GlaxoSmithKline or some shit. <laughs> yeah, the Halliburton uh, era of owning gaming websites. Yeah, so around the same time as some other sites like, oh, I don't know. Um, Something Awful. Right. I mean, IGN was still kind of in its infancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here, Stomped, Evil Avatar, Blues News. Uh, just a, a game spy. Oh, <laughs> Some a game real... spy. Yeah, that was before they decided to become a gaming platform. This was when they actually had Games Planet. That was the ones where they had mm-hmm. different planets for all the different popular games. They, they had, had File to... Planet. Yeah, and, and and so this was kind of the antidote to that. Old Man Murray was the product of two guys, Chet Falsic and Eric Wolpaw were oh man just a, a bunch of loudmouths i guess is the the only real way to put it sure they would eventually get hired by valve so that was fun people claim that chet and eric had something to do with gamergate which i found fascinating because like huh. they had a lot of co- in common as far as their sense of humor was with things like 4chan something awful they really Sean Baby, a couple of those other Portal of Evil sites mm-hmm. that were around at the time. Old Man Mary was among them. <laughs> they made jokes about, you know, um, ironic Nazi humor, or you know, they they would create a, a flashing web page to trigger epileptics who were reading the site, or they would do. They introduced themselves as I'm Chet and this is my partner and for life N word Eric. <laughs> so, as uh, as very early aughts that humor. <laughs> yeah. In 99, when uh, Stevie Case, the famous cyber athlete, would be appearing in Playboy, Eric would say, since Stevie's obviously aware that Playboy is primarily a masturbation tool for men, I hope she won't feel any less empowered when I respectfully request she inf- include a few shots of her ass, and if she could make sure that her ass is glistening with sweat or water from a hose, that would be great. <laughs> so Kotaku covered them and called them uh, you know uh, willful ironic troglodytes which <laughs> is very odd but yeah 
So it was an offshoot, like I mentioned, of Portal of Evil, which is a, a, a shock site. Yeah. They even had custom email. I remember I had a Portal of Evil email. I had uh, uh, some name at youeatpoopy.com, which was not a real website, but it was a Portal of Evil email address. That, <laughs> God, they had so many pages on, on the Portal of Evil, but the bit about them starting on my Murray was... They were annoyed at Unreal Tournament, or Unreal, uh, yeah, it was Unreal Tournament when the first Unreal Tournament came out. Yeah. And it really only lasted for about four years? Yeah, it was pretty short. 98 is when they first posted a review, and that was for the infamously bad Jurassic Park game Trespasser. I think that was what really caught my attention, first of all, was because it was one of those games where the hype was very real. You know what I mean? Like, people were... Very heavily invested in Trespasser. Trespasser's whole deal was that everything is in first person. Mm-hmm. So all the physics objects could be moved by the first person. And your health icon, because you played a woman in this game, was a tattoo on your boob that showed when your yeah, health was, it was going a heart to... tattoo. <laughs> yeah. And like all the guns were like weirdly handled. Yeah, do all the stuff in yeah, first like person. It was like this weird wrist shit. And so I, I've watched a couple Let's Plays of Trespasser. And people like found out really weird ways to like physics block like the raptors, <laughs> and then like and then like twisting the wrists in an unrealistic fashion and just kind of like point blank like hug shooting. Yeah, it's there's a really great let's play out there. Those from a something awful goon. I forget the name of the guy, but it is uh, it is worth your time to watch someone who has mastered a completely shitty, broken game. But yeah, that I think is. Uh, probably one of the most ambitious failures of the late 90s yeah and then, next it, to daikatana maybe probably yeah i think i would put those two together and i think they really savaged daikatana as well as everyone did at a certain point but i mean they reviewed things like kiss psycho circus and like oh, things god. that god no one lives forever which was a spy-themed first-person shooter you remember now, this one now watch out man that is a oddly enough a very beloved off no, uh, a mon- Monolith Games, the Lithtech engine, it still yeah. looks good. I I, yeah, I yeah. wish it was playable uh, on more modern hardware. I know GOG has done some efforts to try to get it there, but but yeah, I mean... I think I, the license is all... Yeah. Funky. Here's from their review of it. Don't get us wrong. Jason Hall, which is the lead game designer, could invent a photo of Jennifer Love Hewitt's tits that converts dirt into $100 bills, and it still wouldn't make up for the Blood 2 mission pack. But No One Lives Forever puts him closer to the key to the chest containing the map of our scabby black hearts than he's ever been. Sure, we could talk about the game's great eye, its innovative camera work, and it's actually funny dialogue or all its bright colors, but what's the point? The internet's lousy with good reviews of No One Lives Forever. We just want to act as independent verification that they're all absolutely correct. If you trust us, you'll buy it. If not, fuck you anyway. And I thought that's kind of the, the, <laughs> the reigning ethos on the site. They talked about uh, American McGee's Alice. Oh, you, you mean American McGee, the, the mind behind Bad Day L.A.? <laughs> And Gunman Chronicle. Oh wait, no, that was that was not him. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Wasn't he like a fucking tester on like Doom or Quake or something? And somehow uh, they would do these these posts about uh, getting rich quick. Co-written by the other Portal of Evil site. I did mention it last week during Steve Don't Eat It. Bad Candy, a guy named Mark who did all the reviews over at Bad Candy. But uh, they did an entire series of articles about getting rich quick and all this stuff. Um, but just 
they really feel like gaming's version of Buddyhead. If you remember some yeah. of these old reviews and how they're like really acerbic and they really just kind of like were fuck you and all that, like they really were shitheads in a way that resonated with people. Yeah, it's a lot less abrasive than like say uh, Jeff K. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh, they also were in league with another minor internet celeb at the time, Sean Baby. Sean Baby did uh-huh. a couple of, of, of columns there. Uh, Sean Baby, of course, has moved on to one nine hundred hot dog. <laughs> well, he worked for Cracked, and then a bunch of the Cracked guys went on and did one nine hundred hot dog with uh, Jason Pargan and uh, Dan Brockaway and a couple of those guys. Okay, but yeah, Sean Baby kind of started as his own thing, and and all all of these Portal of Evil guys kind of knew each other. Some of their humor bled over too into like Sean Baby articles. Some of it would look like an old man Murray article, or yeah. vice versa, or like a there would be somebody from Fat Chicks and Party Hats would show up on an on an old man Murray article and like write a, a paragraph or something like that. They all kind of knew each other. It was a strange place to be because like they didn't update very often, but when they did, you knew it was going to be something funny, and you knew you were probably going to have to like read it two or three times to really get it all. Just excellent writers. When they stopped updating the site right around 2002, shit went wild on the internet. You had Gamergate, and you had all these other weird gaming-related kind of... The chick from Ubisoft. Oh, uh, uh, Jade, Jade Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, Raymond talking about Raymond. Assassin's Creed and all that. Yeah, yeah. There was, she's like a fucking fitness influencer now, <laughs> which is such a... Well, I mean, she definitely looked the part when she yeah, was working. Yeah, but Ubisoft. this is like a weird forget like what culture or something i remember seeing like something they did like about weird controversies and that was one of them and i was like i wonder what she's up to and like yeah she's like a fitness guru and yeah. like all right <laughs> <laughs> they oh they created one of my favorite things to notice in games and they created something called the start to create measurement mm-hmm. very important metric it measures the length of time from when you begin a video game to when you see your first crate whether the crate be simply background or if it holds ammo and whatever. Old Man Murray was so influential that even Gabe Newell from Valve did reference them when talking about Half, uh, Half-Life 2. He goes, yeah. yeah, we wanted to just get it out of the way. We put a crate right at the beginning of the game. <laughs> not even going to worry about it. They did, uh, I mean, a number of things that were influential, but not the least of which were some of these really weird reviews that really didn't talk about the game at all and just kind of danced around it. There was a, a review of, let's see here, Ca- yeah, Castle Wolfenstein. They merged it into a 12 Days of Christmas piece as well. <laughs> Castle, Castle Wolfenstein was just kind of an odd sequel. It had what they compared to a Rob Zombie uh, guy in this. Gray Matter took the game away from id software and kind of did mm-hmm. their own thing with it. It wouldn't be many years later until Machine Games got a hold of it and actually Made did a proper good, sequel. yeah. yeah. Here it is. This is the latest solid piece of information I can find about Germany. Though there was a brief Germany craze during the 30s and 40s. (laughs) Thanks to Adolf Hitler's rise to power and the massive jet-fueled knuckle sandwich we subsequently dealt to him, once the Nazis were gone, people lost interest pretty quickly. What's Germany like today? Do its tiny, chattering brown natives still make a lot of yarn? Nobody knows, but luckily nobody cares. And so... And that was the opening of an article about a Wolfenstein game. <laughs> like, I didn't read Old Man Murray uh, growing up. I had friends that did. Yeah. But this was, yeah, the sort of thing that, you know, 
we talk about the lunch table. Yeah. Or someone would like even go as far as bringing a printout so we can all <laughs> collectively gaggle at it. Is it news? Is it parody? What Because you really didn't know what to make of it from one article to the next. Sometimes it would be a fairly straight review, like when they reviewed Rune. But then the other, uh, like Chet reviewed Rune and said one thing about it. And then Eric rebutted that Rune review. I was like, no, actually, this game sucks. Um, <laughs> so not even the, the, the people who wrote for the site could agree like what was real and what was true. It's just, uh, so what are these two pricks doing now? Well, they did go on to hang out with Gabe Newell and eventually got a gig writing for Portal. Eric Wolpaw was a writer for Tim Schafer's Psychonauts, mm-hmm. uh, a project that won a game developer's choice. A game I have never played and never will. <laughs> really I, what? I heard the platforming is dog shit oh okay it has I, not aged well okay and I, the psychonauts 2 is unfortunately not much better in that respect even though people will say the story is great yeah oh the, the other big thing was that they um they they kept harping on roberta williams you remember who roberta williams was she created king's quest the adventure oh game. yeah <laughs> and so they had a, a fucking crusade against Roberta Williams. I don't understand why, and I can't even remember what the beef was about. I think it was like about police story or police squad four that they hated. And so they would go to events where Roberta Williams was signing King's Quest stuff and like have her sign something and say, uh, yeah, can you put uh, suck my dick on it? <laughs> Just an outright weird harassment campaign against this woman who did nothing but make adventure games. It was a very odd personal beef yeah i mean 90 i mean king's quest did get very trite at one point no once you got to king's quest 4 yeah definitely yeah Yeah. Uh, the escapist uh, seamus young wrote this piece for old man murray this was in 2011 when at the time old man murray got removed from wikipedia because it was quote not notable enough which was a thing you know Wikipedia claims Old Man Murray was removed. It's not notable, so I'm going to write some notes about it, thus checkmating the soulless robo-brain that runs Wikipedia. Old Man Murray was a video game website, yada, yada, yada. The point is, it was the first funny site about video games. Keep in mind, we're talking about the late 90s. A lot of gaming sites were either spin-offs or imitators of print media, and they tended to take a slightly cynical consumer reports approach to views. OMM was the first major site that seemed to need to understand the need to look at reviews as entertainment and not consumer advice. Sure. Seamus, continuing, the reason the site resonated with people wasn't because of its zealous anti-Nazi, anti-robot, anti-Roberta Williams stance. (laughs) It was because the site closely reflected what games looked like to people who were subjected to games. A journalist might have a footnote in their review that the puzzles in this game are counterintuitive, while at OMM they would write a three-page deconstruction of the game that was so savage and so complete we can be sure Roberta Williams has never read it because she's still alive. (laughs) The article in question is, of course, called Death of Adventure Games. Uh, The question is, who killed Adventure Games? 
and they of course lay that at the feet of Roberta Williams. <laughs> uh, Seamus continuing, reading OMM was a revelation for me. I wasn't the only person who hated stupid things that game designers kept doing. I wasn't the only person who thought the video games had fully explored the possibilities of the crate motif about eight <laughs> seconds after they began. There were gamers out there like me who vomited themselves into dehydration at the thought of playing another damnable sewer level. <laughs> that was another of their many bugabears, but I mean, yeah. It's, they... I mean, the sewer level is still a problem. <clears throat> still a problem, yes. Yeah. Here is some more non-troll history for your enjoyment. Chet is one of the people behind Left 4 Dead, and Eric did the writing for Portal. Let me say that again with periods in between. For those of you who go to public school, Eric wrote Portal. It's like when a reviewer eviscerates a game and some fanboy comes along with, oh yeah, I'd like to see you better, and then he does, which is exactly my point about Eric and Portal, because wow, I don't think really Portal Oh, the cake is a lie! Yeah, okay. Memes aside. Yeah. Memes aside. Uh, I, I, my companion cube cock ring uh, vibrates <laughs> uh, pleasurably at this news. Okay. Again, memes and overused gags aside. Wow, I, wow this cake is sure moist and tasty. Still a good game. You don't remember the fucking terrible webcomic? I do. Okay. Uh, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, what was it? Girls and gamers. Yeah. And, and how do? How can I tell if there's gamers at this party? Mm. Yeah, mm. it's bad. It's somebody in the something awful forums posts it like every every month or so uh, yeah. as a as a I, joke in the political cartoons uh, thread. <laughs> so, I, uh, I've seen it so many times. I I still remember someone getting the companion cube like on their calf, a massive tattoo. Mm when portal came out and i was like yeah ne never never going to get a video game tattoo i think i think yeah. that's pretty safe i know some people with some some pretty decent looking zelda ones that have like the mm -hmm. hyrule crest on them but that's if you don't know what's from zelda i guess it's just like oh that's that's pretty that's nice yeah the companion cube and the cake being a lie definitely were overused as far as memes go but at the same time the game itself still pretty funny i went back and played it last year and i had a blast I can't remember the last time I played through Portal, but I do remember enjoying it quite a bit. What I did was when Orange Box came out. Oh, yeah. Nigh upon many years ago. Yeah, jeez. I think I played episode two, mm -hmm. and I finished that, and then I played Portal in the same day. And I was like, wow, this is it. And I kind of really think, like, yeah, that was like the peak of me enjoying video <laughs> games was... Team Fortress 2, Portal, and Half-Life 2, Episode 2. Like, yeah. it's kind of been diminishing returns. Every once in a while, there's something like an Elden Ring mm -hmm. or Left 4 Dead uh, 2, or mm -hmm. even the original Left 4 Dead, for that matter. Yeah, like, that was kind of the peak. <laughs> it definitely... I mean, Valve, in their heyday, was definitely the heavy hitters. I mean, they, yeah. they could they could do no wrong. They would put something out, and you just go, yeah, I'm going to buy it. It's a fucking Valve game. What are you talking about? It's like how uh, Atlas used to be for me, but... You know, like it's the same thing. They started putting out more and more stuff, and it's yeah. just it's kind of like oh. well, Valve doesn't really put out anything anymore. They just make their well, fucking Dota. Steam dollars. <laughs> Dota and uh, hats for TF2. Hats for TF2. The hat economy, <laughs> um, and I mean they did come out with Half Life Alex, which I heard is actually pretty fun. But you need the VR headset to play it. Yeah. That's the. It's like you're gonna intentionally exclude more than half of your existing fan base for. VR, which I'm not sold on it. I, I mean, there's X millions of units out there, and there's all these different things. 
I'm still not sold on it. Every time I no. put one on, I feel nauseous. Yeah, um, I know someone that had the PlayStation VR. I never put it on, but he said it was great, and everyone else who tried it was, said it was great. I just never fucked with it. I mean, more power to them. They got five hundred more dollars than me, but <laughs> you know, so yeah, like, I can build a new computer for that. So no, not going to do it. Um, I, at a certain point, it's like it's on principle. I don't know. I just I, I I'm so anti VR. I don't know. I think it's because I had such a shitty experience at Union Station in the 90s. Oh, wow. I was wondering when we were going to get to that. With the giant headset on and trying to chase the, the pterodactyl around. Pterodactyl. VR was bad, is what I'm saying. Yeah, or like because yeah, you'd be in like that little thing and you would like the had the traction on the ground so you could walk. and mm-hmm. Yeah. Awful. Well, the only thing funnier than their game reviews on Old Memory... Was their post 9-11 coverage. Yeah. They have a four-page article called America Under Attack. It's about two weeks after 9-11. Let's see here. It's actually, sorry, it's actually the 28th of, of uh, September, where they they take a shit on every one of their competitors, including IGN. Let's see here. If nothing else, we've always been the most pro-America game site on the internet. Before it was popular to be a patriot, when Blues News was promoting its thinly disguised socialist agenda... We stood alone firm in our support for this great nation. Each time something awful or voodoo extreme posted another one of their poisonous anti-American screeds, we opposed it. Because they often misspelled America and not in a meaningful way, such as America with the three Ks, but with things like extra R's. Here's an ugly excerpt from IGN's pre-9-11 review of emergency response firefighters. Firemen, ha! What a stupid idea for a game. The only two groups who give a crap about firemen are designers of gay interest calendars and people whose houses are on fire. (laughs) (laughs) This, of course, not an actual quote from IGN. It's just Eric and Chet uh, expressing themselves through the medium of extreme sarcasm, including Calvin pissing on a sign that says terrorists. (laughs) His plan, by the way, Eric's grand plan, was to create a... League in NHL 2002 to beat an Arab Muslim country and humiliate them in a video game. (laughs) 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 And so the next two pages are what he calls Operation Infinite Goals. He picked the uh, hockey team of Kazakhstan. It's brilliant. I suggest you read it. It is still up. Unlike a lot of the sites that we cover on the show, it is still there, oldmanmemory.com. Uh, that's Murray with two R's. Just, it's worth reading through just for the 9-11 article alone, but there's so many things in there that are just gems. If you can handle some salty language, which if you're listening to this show, I sincerely fucking hope so, but you know, yes. if, you can, if you can handle some salty language, you'll, I think you'll find a lot to enjoy there. Can't recommend them enough. And if you haven't played Portal, obviously, you should do that as well. As well as uh, Left 4 Dead. Yeah, uh, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 are still amazing. I wish Back for Blood was actually good. Mm-hmm. That was a huge disappointment when I played that um, Game Pass. I was like, oh, this is kind of like Left 4 Dead, but without any of the the good stuff. Yeah, that's that's the impression I definitely got because a lot of people were saying, oh, this feels like it should have been a Left 4 Dead game. But no, I, don't, I never played that. I played Dead Before Dawn or Dead before daylight or whatever the right which is different very different yeah i was trying to remember which one of those i played and i, I realized it's the other one yeah left for dead what a 
weird touchstone that God, was. I played so much Left for Dead one <laughs> and two. Like there are people I played Left for Dead with, and only Left for Dead with, mm-hmm. that are still on my Steam friends list and have not contacted them in any way for probably like <laughs> thirteen years. But they're there in case you need them. Just in case I'm like, hey, you guys want to listen to me scream in voice chat because the fucking uh, <laughs> the fucking liquor got me or whatever. Yeah. A smoker, I'm sorry. The fucking smoke. Always hate getting fucking smokered off a goddamn ladder. And they'd be like, fucking shut up! Right. I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> You're the one screaming into the mic on that. Oh, one. yeah. I was the guy yeah. whining like a fucking stuck pig. <laughs> I guess it's time for Shock.Jpeg. Okay, let's show me the gross shit. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Shock.Jpeg. Okay. Show me what you've got. This one's called Man Has Terrible Jump Off Ledge. This is it like a rope swing accident? Uh, no, this is a, uh, a gentleman trying to dive off a bridge. Mm-hmm. This is part of the the shock site Run the Gauntlet. So Looks like uh, it is described as... Chong from Cheech and Chong. <laughs> well, it's also the, the blurriest video you've ever seen. You can barely make out what happens here, but yes. He is cliff diving... Into a harbor, and he misses the dive. Oh. So they first show you the dive itself, which it looks like, doesn't really look like he got hurt, but then you see him floating face down in the water and blood's everywhere. Then it fades to black. Yeah. And then you see what looks like a fucking alien autopsy. It it, it is... um, It has... uh... Boy, he's never going to be the head of a major corporation. (laughs) Yeah, so they're trying to um, put his face back together. His nose, gone. His face is literally split up the middle. Dave's not here, man. Oh, you can see his teeth. It's horrific. Yeah, so uh, this was apparently in Beirut that this happened. uh, Let's see, 2009. So he jumped off a crate. He hit his head on a box before plunging into the ocean. A rescue team, of course, goes out to find him. It cuts to the footage. He died two days later. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah. Uh, wow, okay. <laughs> I, you know, uh, congrats, Jason. You got me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if pulling a screwdriver backwards out of your penis wasn't enough... Um, yeah, you know, that's That, had, my comparison, had whimsy. <laughs> yeah, and it's partially, too, because we knew the guy. Yeah, yeah. We, we know. I chat with him... <laughs> Um, I follow him on TikTok. That's I, I show him my mason jar collection. He's like, oh, that one's very nice. <laughs> you send that one to me? <laughs> Can you autograph it with your ass? <laughs> it's a little, yeah. Anyway, uh, he puts a little ink it's around like it. like wet dog. <laughs> it's the only way to deal with seeing something that grotesque. Oh, that is. Uh, yeah. Wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah! Wow! Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I mean, he, and that he, he died. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What kind of? I mean, they were like trying. They were pushing his his face, his face back together. together. Yeah, like uh, like like someone was trying to put together back a pinata. Yeah, and there was like there was like uh the sense of elasticity. Like yes, like I mean, there was like a void where his face used to be yeah yeah that's 
Yeah. Yeah. All right there. <laughs> all right there. Fucking uh, style project. Uh, yeah, that was the Run the Gauntlet was was the the host <laughs> of that one. Aptly titled. Yeah. Well, shock site. That was one of many. And to to have said you ran the gauntlet, I think there was like two more after that. But that one was was pretty close to the end. Ooh. Yeah. Um. Just harsh. Um. Yeah. God. Some stuff that you can see on these things, you know, like a guy fisting another man's prolapse. I'm like, well, it's fine. Have fun. It's consenting adults. And and again. And, but that man's face did not consent to that, that no, ledge. No, he did not. No. They, they, he did not, they did not make room for Jesus. <laughs> well, I guess when Jesus came to take his soul to heaven. Just right up the face, yeah. yeah do, you, do you think in heaven, does he have the fucking <laughs> Jawa face? They had to sew him back together so he looks like a Hellraiser. I'm so mad. Don't go fucking cliff diving in Beirut. I fucking tell you what. I tell you what, man. Fucking uh, looks like you can make it, but you fucking can't. Why is he talking like some guy who works in sanitation? I got nothing. Yeah, I yeah. that was the first voice some I thought. Some guy of. from Beirut. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't say he was originally from there. I mean, he could. Yeah, been. he could. Been from New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, and I'm gonna go cliff diving. <laughs> hey, Tone. Okay. Hey, Tone. <laughs> everybody's oh. got a, everybody's got a friend named Tone in Jersey, right? Wow, man. Yeah. I know. It's that's look. If we weren't pushing the envelope, we wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> can we? I mean, you had me. Can we go? Can we go back to the McChicken stuff? <laughs> you know, I can go back to the pee pee poo poo. All right. Well, you know what? Next week I will have something gross. You're gonna have like some thing where like someone tells someone someone like, oh, they're eating dog food on a bet, <laughs> but it's really just a loose bowel movement from a guy named sure. Gary. Sure. Why not? Who has a tattoo that says "No regrets" on his bicep, and when you <laughs> ask him about, it, he slaps and he goes, "You know, man, it's no regrets." Like when you do two chicks at once, and that guy is. Never oh, yeah. been the proximity of two <laughs> no unclothed vaginas at the same time ever. Yeah. yeah. Well, after well, that, I feel like we need to do a breath mint for real. Yeah, mm. starting to feel a little swampy. Ooh. So, Brian, what you uh, what you been up to as far as uh, breath minty type of stuff? Keeping up with Succession. Oh yeah. Uh, I think final season, right? You're final caught season, up? we finally caught okay. up. Wow, it's it's interesting to see characters that. I thought were wholly unlikable at the beginning of the series still be wholly unlikable, but in a way that is more empathetic about how the pursuit of power and the cycle of abuse within that pursuit of power gives you some very interesting blind spots for how you uh, make your way through the world or, or choose to exist within it. They're still terrible people though. No, they're still yeah, terrible yeah. people, but they're terrible people with real human problems. They're not, uh, I mean, I'm not like humanized necessarily out of sympathy, but like some of those characters reminds me of people I've known in life who were of some means and were delusional or damn, you could you get a louder air conditioner. Um, I'm trying to think here. God damn it. Ding ding. Like fucking like uh, Don Rickles and dirty work. Hello there, Mr. Ice Cream. <laughs> Sorry. Doing I, well in there? I'm, I'm sweating, so I wanted to. Yeah, turn why that don't down you fucking bit. take off your three jackets there, you? It's my Steve Bannon look. I'm in my Steve Bannon era. Your Steve Bannon era? What are you going to do? Uh, join a monk uh, fraternity in, in Eastern Italy where everyone 
talks about how good the Dreamcast was. Steve, the Steve Band of homebrewed <laughs> Dreamcast games. <laughs> oh man, when I had that Dreamcast, I was homebrewing all the time. Yeah, yeah anyway. Dreamcast was kind of amazing. But uh, yeah, so season four really strong, and uh, that's coming to an end real soon, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know how many episodes are left. Where uh, the, the episode just aired uh, was episode six. Mm-hmm. Um, so I expect it's like either a nine or ten episode season i was reading that the the rumors that the final episode is going to be like 90 minutes long it's going to mm. be like a fucking movie so uh that's going to be interesting um but yeah i've really enjoyed succession for i mean honestly how entertaining it is fucking brian cox is screaming fuck off <laughs> oh man when that guy goes off ah, it's golden i don't care yeah. what he's saying and like you start picking up how people manipulate each other and like they have these tells and like it's just very good character development jeremy strong as mm-hmm. kendall is uh this guy you kind of despite all of his huge fucking flaws and his just how terrible person he is you kind of want him to fucking get with it because he gets really close to uh kind of almost getting out of the game or like figuring out where his place is and then he just goes right back to it and then you see him kind of almost willfully walk away from like happiness or getting away from his his father or his family or these situations that he's in and it's it's too alluring mm. well, and, he's definitely a magnetic actor the guy who plays him uh you can't keep your eyes off him. He's he's got one of those like really expressive faces, and he has this kind of pathos about him just by looking at him. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. And then um, uh, Sunday night uh, mm-hmm. we went out to the old sinkhole. Yeah, it, it was it was an interesting evening because the the first musician was a one man band. Oh no. Which those are always always interesting, particularly, particularly if uh, if there's no instruments and there's just a laptop, because it really means that like whatever that person is doing, like there was never a space for anyone else. Uh, like there's definitely like either this is too out there for other people to get with wherever this musician is from or who their friend group or their peers are, or they're too much of a pain in the ass for other people to. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> to why work with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why uh super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Rocket ships, apparently one person again. Well, I don't know that specifically, but I can't imagine that. Uh, oh boy. I'm just making you uncomfortable. No, it's fine. I, I went to college with Corey. He's, he's a good dude, but yeah, uh, he's a bit much. He's yeah. a bit much boy. He had that opportunity to end super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Rocket ship. And everyone was so stoked that he was going to do something else. And he's like, but I'm just gonna do super fun, yeah, yeah, rocket ship with a guy playing guitar. And everyone's like, "You were, you were so close, bro." Uh, I just remember when that happened. People are like, like people were like screaming like fuck at the ground when they heard about <laughs> it. They're like, "I thought he was gonna do like a real thing, and but he's gonna keep doing songs about Spider Man being a himbo." Yeah, and I mean, like, that's it's it's when I don't know. I I can't necessarily defend it because yeah, it's goofy as shit, but it's also like. It's fine. It's he apparently is having a good time and enjoying himself. I mean that, so. that part that that's like the I don't want him to not make music or not be no, creative. Right. It's just you've been doing this for like the better part of like fifteen years, mm-hmm. and like it would be really cool to see your creativity through a different lens. Because yeah, 
Uh, but I mean, St. Louis is also kind of a place where uh, if it works, it works, and mm-hmm. uh, you're you're afraid to, to see what would happen if you did something else. Anyways, <laughs> well, I mean, that's why Clownvis is still a thing. I mean, hey, man, don't talk shit about Clownvis. I will not talk shit about Clownvis. <laughs> Clownvis rules. I'm just saying, like, he's been doing that a while too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Google Plexi. It's the same. The, the, you know, Google Plexi is a one man uh, band. Uh, fucking uh, God, there was a uh, Tory. Tori Z Starbuck. I knew yeah, exactly Tori who you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, so the opener was this one man thing called <laughs> Sweat FM. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to use the male pronouns here because I, I, I unfortunately haven't done the research because I'm no fucking free time mm-hmm. this week. But we'll just say male presenting in women's clothing so there could be some liquidity there mm-hmm. and that's fine and that's fine because that's okay to quote mm-hmm. Akewood this, this person started out the set wearing like a very tight like black maxi dress mm-hmm. and we're doing like just like straight up like kind of pop punk songs by themselves but like when there was like a bridge or something like that they were just doing like jazzercise poses <laughs> and like jumping around like a maniac it was really fucking awesome yeah i had a ton of fucking fun and then at one point uh they stripped down to like a white like tiger print like a bodysuit like like a bikini cut one okay i was like oh, okay and you know they're doing their stuff and one of the things i love is they use the fucking law and order theme music as the theme music for them to take like a wire break <laughs> so everyone's like fucking like bobbing their head along to the music while while they're yeah drinking the wire i'm like this is good this is a great bit um <laughs> how many then, times during their set do they do that i think two or three times <laughs> and like at one point it lasted so long that there was a part of the song that was playing that i had never heard and then the guitar solo kicks in no it was like there's like a third like motion oh. to that song that I had never heard before, at least never remembered hearing. The, the extended 12-inch uh, cut. Yeah, yeah, this is the record store day release <laughs> of the Law & Horror theme. Um, I would get that. I but mean, uh, but I at one point, they, they they took that off, and they were just wearing like like a teal banana hammock, okay. and then put on a matching mesh top and bottom like like short shorts and like a like a like very 1980s style like mesh like tank top and i'm gonna say i have not seen someone fucking shake ass like that <laughs> and fucking mesh probably since i saw big frida like 10 i was years about ago. to say yeah it was it was definitely an ass everywhere kind of thing Hell yeah and uh you know you know so this is kind of funny but kind of oddly sincere because this person's really putting themselves out there. It's yeah. the fucking Midwest. And they're being a fucking weirdo in kind of the most beautiful way. And then Shinra Knives comes on, which is, you know, like uh, a little bit more serious. A and, little. Uh, a little. It's also kind of funny. I mean, honestly. It's a little funny. Some of it, yeah. It's a little funny. Uh, I mean, there's some humor to it, I suppose. But, I mean, Ian did a whole entire record excuse me, or released a whole entire record in 2001 called Grief, which is at least in part about his father's passing. And and that's a little bit more less forward than um, like the stuff he's released in like last year or two. But it was a great set. And um, St. Louis is a weird fucking town because like someone like Ian can 
you know, Shinra knives can get written up by like the BBC and have all this really cool shit happen. But like outside of like the people that know, mm-hmm. like they're in the know that give a shit about or, you know, or, or cognizant of what's going on in the local music scene, like no one outside of that. And I mean, like kind of lumping the dumpers had the same thing, like lumping the dumpers fucking toured Australia like two or three times. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're, a fucking Tosh.0. Yeah. Like, all of these yeah, things, yeah. but, like, outside, I think probably, like, 200 weirdos, no one here, like, knew or cared about them. Right. And, and But they could go play Chicago and, or New York and probably, like, fucking sell out wherever they were. Yeah. I mean, that that happened a lot uh, in, in town with a lot of bands. And most of them wound up moving to fucking California. That's the real shame of it all, is yeah. that they, they, they move out of state. And then, like, there was a band called Disturbing the Peace, which later became Adair, and oh, wow. they had that same thing where like they would go and they'd do these big shows and then and then nothing back back at home and so they, yeah. they they went to LA they changed their name they put a record out and it flopped and I don't know what those guys are doing now so uh, I'm probably working the door at Flamingo Bowl or something I mean that's what some of the dudes from uh, Story of the Year were doing yeah, yeah, yeah like you know like ten years ago like I would see those dudes like working the door at a bar and I'd be like. This is really fucking weird. <laughs> Didn't you guys just tour Europe? <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Or weren't you guys on fucking... Anyways. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it was like maybe... I want to say, man, if it was 50 people at this show, that would be generous. But I mean, yeah. like those people like... They're hardcore though, so they're... Yeah, gonna... they were invested in, in Sweat FM and they were definitely invested in Short Knives. I didn't stay for the third band because uh, I'm a fucking tired little sickly baby. But, <laughs> oh, it was um, a Sunday night. It was a school Sunday. night. I got to go fucking work and stare at the sun listen ain't sexy work but it's honest that's true staring at the sun not blinking (laughs) anyways uh uh but it was i was really good and it's it was the last shimmer nice performance for a while because ian's apparently working on a new project um and my girlfriend's a really big fan and she like lost her shit because he like played like at least one of her favorite tracks and sick you know it was really fucking it was a good time. I just wish more people showed up. And yeah. St. Louis is kind of like that. I mean, I feel like Jumbling Towers was another band that kind of was victim to like putting out this really amazing music that was either like the wrong time mm-hmm. or or whatever. But like, I still think their whole entire body of work is fantastic. But like those dudes now are like you know like fucking district managers for like Marriott or something. I've got a list as long as my arm of of, of guys that that happened to. Yeah, like uh, the Blind Eyes or uh, any, oh, yeah. any one of those people. So yeah, like it's 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 a tragedy, but I mean it does happen, and uh, I really hope that is not the case for Shinra Knives because I do have some good vibes. He's getting written up on fucking BBC, so I hope I know that's what I'm saying. Um, like, yeah. But I mean, St. Louis is kind of a place where you you live in obscurity but are known everywhere else. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. fucking Geezer Butler from fucking Black <laughs> Sabbath. At least last time I I I heard, still lived in St. Louis or right. had a house here. Right. Yeah. I mean, Lauren Jane Grace from Against Me uh, moved uh, moved here, did a record here, and and yeah. every once in a while, still just kind of comes back into town. Yeah. Um, she loves it here. And, and yeah, because I think she did a record with uh, Drew Beeman. Yep. The Native Sound. Yep. Cool little room. I'm very excited to hear it. So, Breath Mint for myself, uh, I, against my better judgment, picked up a game called Forspoken. Uh, and I don't know if you remember this game. It came out in like February of this year. You know, it was a deal. There was some sale. I said, well, you yeah. know, let's see what this is about. And I'm pleased to say that people who were dogging on this game were mostly wrong. Oh. Uh, 
I'm quite the hairs. The hairs were wrong. <laughs> the haters. The hoes were mad. You're saying the hoes were indeed mad because I think a lot of the hate for the game did come from one trailer, which featured really early game dialogue, which was really bad. And that dialogue is still in there, and the dialogue is still pretty bad. Yeah. But as you go through the story, the story is basically that you're this, uh, it, it's an isekai. You're, you're a, um, a young woman who lived in New York, and through a magical portal, she comes to this fantasy world. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're, you're the savior of the fantasy world. Very common fantasy trope. Yeah. Right? Very, very common. Inspired. Anime, anime loves to do it. There's all sorts of fantasy books where this happens. Only I mean, you can put the spork in the, in the <laughs> fucking monkey cheese and save the planet. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's been done before. But what really gets me about the game is like, do you remember playing the game Prototype? I rinsed it like once while I worked at Blockbuster. Okay, so like, you remember how getting around the world was super easy because you could run up buildings. Oh, you just go straight. Yep. Well, a lot of First Spoken is like that. Once you get a certain number of traversal spells, you're running and jumping and doing these little hook grabs. And like, it's, it's a lot of fun kind of getting around the world. Yeah. The other one that it reminded me of was insomniac's uh infamous okay. those games on the ps3 or uh, insomniac's uh marvel's spider-man yeah so those kind of fun traversal mechanics and very much like insomniac spider-man there's little things to do all across the map but they're not always consequential so you can skip some of them you know yeah. you can like okay i don't really need to go to this thing and get an archive update i don't care about the archives yeah, fuck that archive but if it's a stat upgrade or if it's a new piece of gear Lovely. i'll be like okay i'll go get that if it's on the way to something else mm-hmm. and so a lot of the open world problems that i usually have where shit's just everywhere and you kind of got to go out of your way and back and forth and all that is kind of alleviated if you stick to the main story path and oh there's a thing on the way you can kind of go do it because i'm most of the way through the game right now. I'm only about 20 hours in, but I'm at chapter 11 out of 12. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm nearly finished with the game. Plenty powerful. And I haven't really completed most of the side activities. Just stuff that'll get me gear, you know, XP or whatever. Yeah. Extra spells. Because the spells are kind of the most fun part about the game. So you have this magical uh, bracelet that lets you do... At first, it's just ranged stuff, and then you can charge up, right? But then there's all these defensive ones, and there's a tendril thing that gets your health back, and there's a so there's a huge variety of spells. Once you defeat certain enemies, you get their powers. So then there's wait, this is a game where you're like you're the modern day girl that gets put in. Yes, yes, okay, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yes, it's a people, yeah. People really had no problem opening up their asses over this game. They dogpiled this game, yeah. and, and and then you bought it. You, you, yeah, you bought I, the stinky poo-poo game. Well, you know, I had a similar experience with something just, just last month called Biomutant. Yeah. People shadow over that game, and I enjoyed I enjoyed Biomutant quite a bit. So I'm like, okay, maybe not all open-world games are not for me. Because I remember saying when, when I was done with Cyberpunk that I was done with open-world games for a while. And I did. You know, I played Dark Souls 2 again. You know, I did this and that. Okay, well, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. And I think I made the right decision. I'm enjoying Forspoken. The early game characterization where it's very quippy, 
Did I just kill a freaking dragon with my mind? Well, man, so uh, that just happened. Yeah, so a, a lot of that gets tamped down towards the end. So you're, you're, it, it's, it's, it get, it gets better. I guess is the way to say that. It gets better. Wow, they can, they, the <laughs> they dragon, can fly now. Yeah. yeah fuck. God damn it! I hate that you knew exactly. The J.J. Abramsification of games. Yeah. Oh, fucking kill me. I know. So uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, PC gamers do have the option to play it. I've heard that it's pretty badly optimized on PC, so maybe wait for the uh, the oh, Xbox. This looks like we got a little bit of console supremacy here on this one. I'm simply saying that I've heard, not that I know, because I only bought it on one system. I'm not buying it on two. But <laughs> oh, so you, so you want all of the all the developers' kids to go hungry? I see. Yeah, apparently I do. <laughs> Baby murder. Yeah, they bought it at a discount. So oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got a free copy of uh, Tales of Arise out of it too, so that's good. But uh, yeah, Forspoken, enjoying that quite a bit. And then I'm re- uh, reading the book They Knew, uh, Sarah Kedziador. Oh, wow. St. Louis native. Yeah. Uh, a real proponent of the Russia gay conspiracy to the point that I would say it discredits her quite a bit. But yeah, you got to take a lot of what she says about Russia with a grain of salt. But at the same time, They Knew is definitely an entertaining read. It really pinpoints a lot of interesting things about St. Louis, and and she she goes into great detail sure. about how the city is basically in a permanent state of being abandoned. So there's a well, yeah, I mean, like not to get cut you off too much, no, but no. like something like when we went up to Milwaukee last month was like, oh, this is a city where like people tried, <laughs> like we're yeah. like because like Milwaukee's like built out. And even like the the rougher stuff has still got some bones to it, um, but St. Louis, like you go downtown, and it looks abandoned. Yeah, and most neighborhoods don't look. Even the fucking Grove, where mm. you can spend you know eighteen hundred dollars a month on a fucking five hundred foot one bedroom apartment, yeah, still kind of looks like dog shit. Yeah, yeah, and and you know there's. Some and just is... and just to clarify for people who don't live in the flyover states, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of money for a small ass apartment. That like if you live in like New York City, you would be like, oh yeah, I would kill for that. But like, right, right, right. But here that is an exorbitant price. Yeah, here we go. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, but it's an interesting book because it manages to synthesize, like it draws a direct line from. Cointel Pro, MK Ultra, Jeffrey Epstein, Donald Trump, like it kind of is like there's there's through lines through all of it and she's able to kind of give is, you is this. the through line the the orange man bad? <laughs> no, no. It's it's more about, you know, men in power with money are willing to uh, allow egregious abuses because that there's more money and power in it and like I definitely recommend it. It's a very slim volume, pretty short read. Uh, very much like her book, The View from Flyover Country, which you mm-hmm. uh, briefly alluded to. They knew. It's relatively new. I am enjoying that very much as a book. And let's see. What else? Oh, uh, we are watching the television series Poker Face. I'm not familiar. Uh, starring Natasha Leone. Okay. As a Columbo-type character who knows when someone isn't telling the truth. And so um, it starts out. Oh, don't send her to Congress. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's a huge cast. There's some really amazing supporting because it's a mystery of the week show as she's traveling cross country to get away from this mob boss who wants her dead. 
there's cast members that she shared with, you know, Orange is the New Black, which she was on for several years. But then there's also Adrian Brody shows up and you got uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats and Chloe Sevigny and like all these people showing up in these these small supporting roles. Norm from Cheers, who's the guy, the actor's name I never remember, but I know him as Norm from Cheers. I sure. Just the minute I saw him, uh, the, the, the woman who was in the menu. Hey, you've got a poker face. <laughs> well, how about that? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the woman who was in the menu as the, as the server, she's in that as a trucker. There's just so many great little cameos. I'm really enjoying that. John Darnielle from Mountain Goats is, was really fun. Because he plays the member of this metal band, <laughs> and the 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 bit is that every episode starts with a murder, and then it rewinds back like a day or two to when Charlie, the character that Natasha Leone plays, arrives on the scene. Well, okay. the way they do it in this metal band episode is that you see the band going on tour and deciding they're going to kill their drummer, <laughs> and then it rewinds back after they've killed him. And and Natasha Leone has been there the whole time uh, as their merch girl, who Chloe Sevigny apparently wrote a song about. Oh, it's great! It's <laughs> really, it's it's funny. It's weird. It's Rian Johnson, uh, Rain Rian, Rain Ryan, Johnson, Ryan Johnson, uh, the head of the cabal of pedophiles <laughs> that started the Camp Light fires in California in 2018. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He he manages to direct at least one or two episodes, so it's it's one of his babies. In between and, uh, abusing children, yes, yeah, allegedly uh, part of his QAnon conspiracy. I did I tell you about this? <laughs> I think so, but it always bears repeating. What so uh, in late 2018, I worked a terrible call center job for Panera, um, oh. and fucking son, God, what a terrible fucking company to work for bureaucratic i mean i sometimes felt like i had to go have like a if i need to go wipe my ass do i need to reserve a meeting room and talk <laughs> yeah. with my superior Can't get can i just like oh dude just fucking miserable place to work um, yeah. i could tell you some stories but the one thing i remember was someone that was like a supervisor on a team emailing like almost like basically company-wide that like hey if you get any weird phone calls about rain wilson there's this uh, conspiracy theory was this thing called QAnon. Oh, wow. And this is like the first time I like outside of like things I would see like on like roadside stands and like the fucking <laughs> boot heel or something yeah. like an abandoned Chinese restaurant. You know, uh, the first time I saw QAnon like outside of like the the normal spots I, I was looking for or expecting to see it. And it was because Rain Wilson had recently done like this campaign that that was stupid yeah panera bread had like this whole thing at least here in st louis about like how we have like a panera in clayton mm -hmm. which is a very rich part of town where you don't have to pay mm -hmm. so you purposely put it in a place that's kind of by its geography inaccessible to people who benefit from it the most yep um and then they closed it down because it wasn't like I don't even think it wasn't because it wasn't profitable because it wasn't no longer it was no longer a good enough pr move Working at Panera felt like working with a bunch of people that thought Elizabeth Warren was going to be president. <laughs> like just, Blood and teeth people, yeah. Yeah. Um, it, what fucking miserable company. I can't go on. But I just thought that was funny. I like, like just looked it up on my phone, and the the 
I was I guess campfire was the mm-hmm. the campfire fires uh, yeah, wildfires in Cal- California. That there was this conspiracy theory that Rain Wilson was a part of it be- uh, because of some like jokes he. It was like the same thing that got James Gunn, like making yeah. jokes about like, you know, dead baby jokes, you know, yeah. like early days of Twitter where you felt like you could say anything and these guys were really pushing it. Yeah. yeah. And I think even the stuff Rain Wilson said was really fucking like mild even like I don't even think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember anything particularly egregious. Yeah, I don't think it would have made a lot of, you know, when the because there was like one website that was like nothing but dead baby jokes. And I'm trying to remember what it was called, but like they had a section that was dead baby jokes. And it's like, you know, what's nine and a half inches long and makes a woman scream all night. Yeah, it's a dead baby. Crib death. Crib- oh, wow. Damn, dude. Yeah. Fucking boofing it. I'm sorry I'm not up on my dead baby jokes, Brian. Yeah, damn, dude. Were Jeez. you not edgy enough in I school? I guess I wasn't. So that's why Rain Wilson's always this weird thing was getting this email about how there was all these people on Twitter that were hurt. And they're like, yeah, like people in the call center were getting these harassing calls about Rain Wilson. And I thought it was because he's painfully unfunny, but yeah, apparently yeah. it's because he's <laughs> uh, the the high priest in the cabal of, of child rapists. Which sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, no one knows for sure. I think the guy is just incredibly mid. Yeah. But, um, you know, it does, he doesn't seem to have the pizzazz of a serial child rapist. Just doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have that Epstein swagger is what you're no, saying. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. Uh... Yeah, fly like Jeffrey, you know. <laughs> there's 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 different types of scaring the hose. Yeah, and uh, Rain Wilson is is most certainly not doing it in the way that could be considered uh, a flattering. A very different kind of scaring the hose. No, I got I I got his pronunciation mixed up with Ryan Johnson, the guy who did Brick and yeah. Looper and the the, 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 the one Looper. Star Wars movie that everybody hates, and Knives Out, the two Knives Out movies. So yeah, he, building on his love for the whole knives out murder mystery thing, that was that was what he was going for. With Poker Face, was like, I want to make a Columbo type of character, and he got Josh Leone to do it. It's again, it's funny, it's it's a good time. John Darnielle, the Mountain Goats, wrote two original songs for the show. Uh, one called "You Can't Unmurder Someone," which <laughs> and my favorite part what, of the what, for a guy with a caved-in chest, he really has a way with words. He really does. But he also is just like really solid as a performer, as an actor too. It's just I was uh, sure. Like, I guess it's really not all that shocking. I mean, you you write songs and you're performing every night uh, as in a right. band, and, and like you're... most of his songs are kind of like written from the point of view of a character that doesn't feel like it's necessarily him. Yeah, exactly. And and there's even a song that he wrote for that one about like you're not going to get that alimony and then the, the bass player interrupts and goes so how's your divorce going he goes not good <laughs> it's uh it's just fun definitely recommend poker face um oh uh speaking of rain wilson though i did yeah. see a movie with him in it recently it was a uh, kind of came and went elijah woods in it Allison Pill. It's called Cooties. It's a zombie movie that takes place in an elementary school. <laughs> I see by Brian's puzzled expression that he has not heard of this. Yeah, I I feel like as someone, I'm not gonna pretend I'm the world's biggest like horror movie aficionado, but it is like the one genre of film that like 
me and my girlfriend, I think, overlap the most on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do enjoy a good horror film. It's uh, more of a comedy. They definitely okay. play it for comedy, but it is glorious. Oh, well, then fuck that. No, because a, 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 it's one of two zombie comedies that take place with grade schoolers. The other one has uh, Josh Gad in it. It's called Little Monsters. Oh, yeah. Uh, so th- It was one of those, you know, things that, that happens sometimes. Like, there'd be two movies with the same idea that come out around the same time. Sure. And Little Monsters got a lot more of the attention. Uh, I still think Cooties is the better movie. Watched it again recently. I was like, yeah, this is pretty goddamn funny. Oh, Allison uh, Pill and her fat tits, of course. <laughs> well, they are barely in it. Uh, she <laughs> wow. You're really selling this movie for me. I know, I know. But uh, Elijah Wood is a comedic actor. I always love to see it uh, you know, from his time in Wilfred and all that stuff. Sure. Uh, he's uh, he's definitely got something, and it's there. And uh, uh, Rain Wilson in that uh, plays the uh, <laughs> plays like the, the gym teacher who's completely oblivious of everything until like the last second. He's out there shooting baskets. All the kids are literally tearing each other apart in during recess and he's uh, just pissed that he can't make this three that he keeps trying to throw. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. a good metaphor, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good time. Uh, I think Hulu had it. I don't know who has it now, but yeah, that was that was one of their weird things cuz they had both. They they had little monsters and cooties at the same time. Kind of a weird thing that sometimes happens cuz I'm trying to think about the last one that really happened with that it was probably like well, I guess really the menu and triangle of sadness because they definitely felt very similar in theme, at least. Yeah, like fuck the rich and yeah. I think both those movies. I, I think the menu I really enjoyed because it was exciting in the way that like I feel like the first time I watched like a good indie or foreign film. It was also felt. funny. Yeah, really fucking funny. Triangle of sadness. While I really enjoyed like the last third. Well, it has some good spots. Mm-hmm. Um, the last third really feels like it's uh, like it's weird to, to talk about like a Western film like this, but it feels like fan service. Fan service. And that like, oh, what rich people are getting, terrible oh. things are happening. Don't you want to eat the rich? Wish and... fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I was trying to like fan service. I'll be showing upskirts of uh, so-and-so, but no, yeah, you're right. It's, it's yeah. the it's the wish fulfillment bit. Yes. Which is, I mean, like I the, always the, like it. You saw Triangle of Sadness, right? Because wasn't yeah. they did like the fucking Refuse song. <laughs> I know. God damn yeah, it. That was a bit much, but you know, I like to I see wish, them I get wish, money, which is always good. I so. wish that Refuse had done a fucking KLF and just completely removed their catalog from. Yeah. Like that would have been way more fucking punk rock than like realizing that your your all your side projects suck. And that you're like, <laughs> well, this is the thing that makes money. This coming from an international noise conspiracy fan, which I think is... Oh, yeah. Yeah, very big international noise conspiracy fan. I also understand what kind of sucks and is lame about international noise conspiracy, despite it being one of my favorite bands when I was a teenager, and I still think uh, Reproduction of Death is a top-tier record. The shit they did with Rick Rubin sucks. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. The thing people don't realize about Rick Rubin is that for like every Slayer or Beastie Boys... Or like Johnny Cash record he did that whipped ass. There's like 30 records he produced that are not good. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like Bob Rock. You don't hear about the good ones. You don't hear about the bad ones. About you don't really hear about the good ones either. If we're yeah. going to be honest here. Well, a couple of Metallica records yeah, have made the cut. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think it's about time to uh, wrap this bad boy up, Brian. Let's talk about something a little bit more lighthearted. How about where to find you on the old internet? The old internet. Well, if you want to send me death threats or foes <laughs> of Goatsy or ask me if the guy that, that busses head open on the edge of uh, edge of that dealy that he was the, was it a crate or was it a ledge the it was ledge of ledge, ledge of that it. river the river ledge and looked like uh like a demigorgon Ooh. uh you can find me uh on instagram and twitter um at i shot board that's i-s-h-o-t-g-u-y-d-b-o-r-d if you want to check out my photography portfolio it's asshole music photographer.com and if you want to check out my foes and words it's a music photographer.com guess what jason covet's up there the covet fucking yeah i fucking shit that out <laughs> i don't even know if it's good I, uh, I i took a look at the photos i didn't get a chance to read the whole thing so i, I can't tell you for sure but i'm glad it's up there i'm yeah, glad you yeah. got that taken care of yeah, this thing sure. that i was like oh i'm gonna get this done so quick yeah and then i had a terrible fucking long covid migraine <laughs> it was oh, bedridden no. after work Eesh. and then my computer died and then through a bunch of sisyphusian tasks i finally got <laughs> fixed like two weeks later the trials of the fucking hercules yeah yeah fuck me Anyways, that's where you can find me. Jason, where can they harass you? Oh, you can harass me at Video Crime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. Most social medias, with the exception of Instagram and TikTok, that is at Laser Goose CEO. You can give the show a call, 314-AHOY-POO. That's 314-246-9766. Shoot us an email, Jason at 48MinutesOfDogsBarking.com. Dot com or Brian at four eight minutes of dogs barking dot com. You know, Send me f- gross photos. Please do. And you can support the show if you feel so inclined. Patreon.com slash four eight minutes of dogs. Well we're gonna we're gonna leave you a little something that I rediscovered this week and I, I for the longest time I thought this was a motorhead song, but uh, <laughs> oh jeez. I see, seriously I did. I, I thought it was a motorhead song just because the way that, uh, that that Gene does the vocals it's the Ween classic. It's gonna be a long night. Oh, nice! And as we always say at this time, Namaste and good luck. Bye bye. Bye bye.